dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. Welcome back to another edition of Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. We're so thankful for all of you joining us this week. Rapidly shifting regulations have resulted in a landscape where manufacturers are left without a trusted and ethical standard for reliably sourcing CBD. The company that we're talking to today is working to secure the long-term sustainability of the CBD industry by establishing connections with the FDA and university research groups to identify the most effective quality standards. I'm joined by Nick Womack. He's Director of Business Development for GA Extracts. Nick, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you so much, George. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. You know, we get a lot of requests from different companies that are either hemp-based CBD or cannabis-based CBD companies. Listen, we can talk CBD till you know, the cows come home if you want to, but it's, but there's got to be, you know, for me to go ahead and start bringing up things, there's got to be a couple of points that say, you know what, this is why I should go ahead and approach. First of all is what you're doing in Georgia, which is where you're based. GA stands for Georgia. Right. Plus, uh, talk about the work of the industrial health business and just what you're doing um, in a lot of different areas. So I want to go and talk about that with you on the show today. First of all, let's talk about GA Extracts. It shares a vision to become a multifaceted global leader in the industrial hemp business. We're looking to empower people with natural and safe products, believing in pharmaceutical style processes and approaches to industrial hemp, and the extraction of the molecules found inside this amazing plant. Uh, and you're about GA Extracts, you mentioned that the company has personally seen the beneficial effects of hemp products on our loved ones. The vision is based on where your company is in Atlanta, Georgia, and the obstacle. Now, is, is the vision based on the fact of Georgia and the obstacles surrounding the hemp industry in the state? Is that really more of the regional focus or the state focus as opposed to something much bigger? Right. I, I believe um, I, I believe we kind of hit the nail on the head there, George. We had to – we saw that there was a, a, a real void um, in, in the southeast in particular um, with a reliable um, process to cultivate and to extract hemp. Now, um, our co-founder, Rob Lee, um, actually spent a lot of time with state regulators to write uh, House Bill 213 um, that made uh, growing hemp and, and handling and extracting hemp in the state of Georgia legal. Um, there's a lot of regulatory hoops that we still have to work through, but I think it was kind of a means to an end. You know, we had to get to this point uh, the whole time in the background. We're working on processes and ensuring transparency and our transparency um, and also uh, working to ensure that the products that we were actually going to produce would be pure, tested and, and proven. Um, so that was kind of, uh, I don't know if I completely answered your question there, George, but that's kind of the, the approach that we took. We wanted to make sure that our state was set up for success, um, while at the same time building processes that would be applicable across the board. Now, one of the things I want to talk about when it comes to the hemp industry in Georgia, which is I've had a couple of guests, uh, I've had another guest on that was based in Georgia that talked a bit about the hemp industry there. And I want to go and focus on that once again. Now, let me read from an article in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution from this past July. To grow right. hemp in Georgia, farmers will have to pay an annual fee, submit to inspections, and keep accurate harvest records. Now, those are some of the hemp farming rules under consideration by the 
Georgia Department of Agriculture was accepting public compliments on the rules. This was as of August. General Assembly and Governor Brian Kemp this year made it legal for farmers to grow hemp, but can be used to make CBD oil and rope. But crops can't be planted until the state finalizes rules over the hemp program. Under the rules, an annual hemp grower license would cost $50 per acre, up to $5,000 maximum. A hemp processor permit would cost $25,000 up front, $10,000 every year after. Georgians can apply for hemp licenses as soon as the USDA gets its approval. All licensees would have to undergo inspection and sampling of their hemp crops. If any hemp, example, hemp sample exceeds 0.3 THC, the entire crop will be destroyed. Unlike marijuana, hemp contains literal no, which we know of. And I want to know, how do these regulations that are being implemented possibly by Georgia, I don't know where they are in the process. I couldn't really find out where they are when it comes to the legislature. How does this compare to what is being implemented in other states? What are your thoughts on what the state of Georgia is deciding to do? Yeah, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Um, there, uh, we are to push um, with the Department of Agriculture to find a, a really nice, um, I guess it would be a compromise. We want the barriers of entry to be such that people that are serious about this industry are able to get into it. We also don't want to uh, discourage folks um, from, from getting involved. We want Georgia to have a very robust industry, but we also want there to be quality. Now, as it pertains to what the state of Georgia is, is proposed as compared to other states, um, I'm not real sure. I can't really speak to um, uh, the other states in general, how much they have uh, done as a state regulation over the federal regulations. But, um, you know, we'll see how it all shakes out. Um, but there are, you know, there are plenty um, of conversations that we're having with the Department of Agriculture, uh, with the universities, um, to, with, the, uh, with the state Senate, with the, with the legislature to attempt. Um, to make that kind of compromise in the middle so we can make sure that there are serious players in the space, but also that the barriers of entry aren't so um, high that, uh, that we won't be able to have a robust industry. It's very interesting. Also, one of the things I also noticed, too, in some of the news that's being talked about was how the hemp law is now complicating prosecution of cannabis in Georgia and Gwinnett County, the major county uh, of Atlanta, mentioned that they wouldn't jail people for small amounts of cannabis for now because hemp production was legalized in May by the Georgia Hemp Farming Act and authorities don't have field equipment to determine between hemp and cannabis, which I don't really get that part. It's, I mean, the hemp bill allows so much, but why is it that Georgia's giving such an obstacle with what they're doing when it comes to farmers? And I've seen even stories about how farmers being upset and opposing the regulations when you put on how does that affect what you're doing at GA Extracts and how it's affecting farmers statewide? Yeah, we, you know, the, the most important thing I, I think to remember is that there's going to be such a large, you know, there's such a, a gold rush type mentality as it pertains to cultivating hemp. And the largest concern that we have, it's almost like protecting against themselves a little bit, right? So, we want to make sure that the strains that are being propagated, that are being sold throughout the state of Georgia, that are going to farmers, we want to make sure um, that those seeds have actually been evaluated and tested, and those strains have been evaluated and tested to make sure that they'll be viable um, in the different areas of the state, you know, north, uh, extreme north Georgia, extreme south Georgia, and, and, 
in the middle of the state, man, that is a completely different environment, completely different strains. What we don't want is to create a population of farmers that have, you know, 300 or 400 acres under cultivation. Um, and, and either those farms come up hot, right? There's a little too much THC um, in, in those, in those plants. They become marijuana. All of a sudden, they're worthless, right? So what we want to do is make sure that there is a thoughtful deployment um, of, of this industry. Um, and, and it's hard, right? It's difficult whenever you have uh, such a, I mean, it's kind of like if you look at a tree, right? You have your, your, your acorn tree and you have your, your oak tree and it's coming from the same species, but there's something that makes them a little bit different. The cannabinoid profile, the level of THC, that's the difference in hemp. Very difficult to look at when you're just looking at it or even when you're smelling it. Um, but like you said, because of the laws being what they are, it's very important to ensure that those plants are harvested at the right time, that they're under the right temperatures, that the strain is appropriate so you don't have those hot plants. So they do have viable quality hemp that they're able to sell and they're able to do it, you know, not necessarily quickly, but they don't have to learn the hard way, George. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's just, man, I just get upset with some of the issues that are being put across and what's being done. What even also perturbs me a lot is there's issues now in Georgia that have been talking about, um, we've been getting a lot of stories right now about vaping and how there have been yeah. several deaths that have been linked to vaping and they have attached it to CBD. When in some cases, I know there was an AP report that talked about how it's not just CBD that, or not just, uh, they're saying that vaping might've been having, that might've been mentioned to be something as CBD, but it's not. And there's a whole issue behind it. There's now, 14 cases they've said from the Department of Public Health in Georgia talking about that, but they're not giving a whole lot of what's being said about what's uh, of some of the things of, of some of the illicit drugs that are in some of these, but they're obviously attaching CBD into the same mix. The outcry is there. That's got to be something that's got to be an issue as well, that it just causes further crackdown. The regulations already being mounted on by the legislature. This just adds to the fire. Yes, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It, it really is a sad situation. And it's a situation where, um, like we've seen a lot in this industry, um, coming from west to east, that it's a bit of a money grab. So how quickly can I get this product out? How cheap can I get it out there? Um, you know, there are additives, like you said, that, uh, you know, that have been added to these vape cartridges where you might have a CBD, but then there's something like, uh, there's been a lot of studies done that a lot of these vape cartridges included vitamin E acetate, right? When vitamin E acetate is, is heated up, um, it produces a toxin, right? That, uh, that is incredibly dangerous to the body that interacts incredibly poorly with the lungs, right? But the thing about this vitamin E acetate is it's cheap and it makes the vape cartridge look really pretty yep. and it sells really, really well. <laughs> um, and you know, and, and there's another, you know, these black market, uh, uh vape, uh, these batteries, um, in these vapes that were utilized, um, they were made out of plastic, right? So when plastic gets heated up, the, you, these toxins are released and, and, and they go into the lungs and cause all the, some of these, to these poisoning issues. So um, it's sad because a, a really well-made, pure, safe CBD vape has an incredibly high level of bioavailability. That CBD, 75 to 80% of that CBD is absorbed into the body and it's actually utilized. Whereas if you, let's say you eat a capsule, 
you may be getting 10 to 40% depending on your body's absorption rate, right? So there is a application for vape and there is a medical reason why you would want to potentially vape depending on, you know, what kind of properties you're looking to obtain from your, from your CBD supplement. Um, but like I said, there's a lot of people out there, which is why thoughtful deployment is something that at, at GA extracts, we're trying our best, making sure that we keep that in the front of our heads, right? Thoughtful deployment, thoughtful deployment, pure, tested, proven products, proven processes, transparency, transparency, make sure that we're in for the long haul. You know, that kind of stuff that we try to keep in the front of our minds every single day to make sure that we avoid these issues and make sure that people have somewhere where they can purchase, whether it's the consumer or whether it's other suppliers where they can purchase these items so they know that what they're they're able to uh, give to their consumers is safe, right? Whether whatever they're able to distribute. To summarize this first segment, as we started at the top of the show, as we stated, the one one of the statements that GA Extracts is is making is the fact that there's rapidly shifting regulations resulting in a landscape where manufacturers are left without a trusted and ethical standard for reliably sourcing CBD. Not to mention, there's a landscape where there are nefarious actors that are coming into different markets and trying to make a quick buck off of this, which is hurting the reputation of quality, respected, reputable, you know, cultivators like yourselves at GI Extract. So I wanted to make that point across, but we're going to go ahead and segue the uh, conversation into what the state of CBD and hemp in Georgia is. We're coming up after a quick break to talk more about that here with Nick Womack, director of business development at GA Extracts. That's GA and that's X-T-R-A-C-T-S. Take a look at that while we go ahead and do a quick Google search. While we can go to a commercial break, we'll be right back. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. My guests say Razzy Berry. We're talking about nature, naturopathic medicine, as well as the concept of prevention and preventing disease. Empower people to live a naturopathic lifestyle, get to know your body, understand its rhythms, remove toxins, and use natural alternatives whenever possible. 90 to 95% of cancers are due to environment and lifestyle risk factors. I mean, that's a huge number. That means that cancer is preventable. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many 
natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a dog's life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm here with Nick Womack, Director of Business Development at GA Extracts here on Blunt Business. Uh, Thanks again for joining us. Agriculture.com reports, in a time where there seems to be little good news in agriculture, hemp is offering farmers hope. The hemp-derived CBD market, which everybody's talking about it, and especially with the mainstream media that, that knows very little about it, next to nothing, they just think, oh, it's just it's something to talk about. It's, it's just a new trend, the new health kick, whatever kind of thing it is, whatever they want to say. The market is predicted to be 20, top $23 billion by 2023. That's why they want to talk about it. They want to be able to talk about that, get clickbait uh, for that, but I'll digress on that argument. At the farm level, this could potentially lead to over $40,000 per acre in revenue. That's according to a hemp cultivation landscape study conducted by the Brightfield Group. This study estimates that 285,000 acres of industrial hemp were planted in the U.S. this year, 73% increase from 2018. Although there are clear risks in growing hemp for CBD, about 87% of those acres are expected to be used for CBD processing in 2019. As the industry matures and other uses for the crop are realized, the percentage of hemp planted for CBD will decline from 87 to 82% in that four-year uh, mark, according to the study. Now, given the amount of hemp being grown in other states, is there enough for hemp to become a cash crop in Georgia? Talk to me about if there are any things that you're doing right now, as the study says, where you are looking to find other uses for hemp that you could create, and you know, it's such a saturated market. How's it looking? Yeah, I think fibers, George. Um, you know, if you want me to put a, I don't, I don't mean to put too fine a point on it, but that's the fine point that I want to put on it right now. I just think that, um, you know, you have whenever you uh, you have the flower, you have the hemp bud, um, and you're using that to I- extract the cannabinoids and the and the terpenes out of it. Um, I think that's fantastic. But man, these fibers. I mean, you're talking about uh, fibers that were utilized, uh, you know, in all ancient cultures. And, you know, we still have uh, documents, um, you know, from the ancient Egyptians because of hemp, because of of how durable um, and how sustaining it really is. I think there's opportunity there. I mean, I was reading a a story not too long ago about potentially using it as an uh, ulterior form of fuel. Um, You know, there's just... uh, I don't know if we know how the extent of the full application of the plant um, right now. It was it lay dormant for so long, um, unstudied. You know, I can only imagine. You know, as as you say, as all these acres are under cultivation, and and the hemp uh, plant becomes so prolific. Imagine the studies that we're going to be able to do on the whole plant to see what opportunities really are out there. Yeah, it's. Uh... It's very interesting. Now, the other thing, too, that's also being mentioned as well is um, we're getting a lot of stories when it comes to how harvesting and processing might be expensive lessons for this year's new farmers. There's a story from Hemp Industry Daily. They mentioned now hemp acreage is up more than 300% this year. This is going to be nationwide. But according to industry advocates, the crop that was meant to help could end up driving small farmers out of business. 
And Michael Brubeck, who spoke at our U.S. Expo in Miami back in August, the CEO of Centurio Foods, um, they mentioned that my prediction is that there will be a 95% attrition rate at the farm level when these economic conditions materialize at the end of the year. And then he also mentions that the irrational behavior, quote, of the hemp market has been fueled by a combination of artificial scarcity and speculation, which stems from regulatory restrictions prior to the farm bill passage and inexperienced farmers not converting anywhere close to 100% of their permitted acreage into a saleable raw ingredient. When you see that right there, I mean, you know, I, we want everybody else to go and do well, but to see stories where we might see some, some cultivators are in the space, probably not yourselves, I'm pretty sure, but I'm seeing that other farmers might get a loss and they might get hurt from this because, um, you know, there's, there's people wanting to get on into the floor early, which is why we're having some of the issues with accountability and reputation when you have CBD products. When it comes to hemp growers, the smaller growers might want to try to jump into the race. They don't know what they're doing, not making the most of their property, and they fail. Right. And that concerns me so much, George. I mean, that, and that's why we're working so close with the university system of Georgia to try and figure out these strains that will be viable and to educate. I'm telling you, every single day, so our lab is in Watkinsville, the Georgia Extracts Labs in Watkinsville. And I tell you what, George, I invite you to come out there and see it. Um, because I guarantee you, if you're there for more than about three or four hours, you will see a farmer walk in and we will convince him or her not to cultivate 300 or 400 acres of land and then convert it into hemp right away because that's what they all want to do. Like you mentioned, they're just so excited to get to this point because they're hearing these numbers. Like you said, 40,000 per acre. I mean, come on. I mean, why, why wouldn't you as a farmer? You never, you, they've never heard anything like this. So we have to go in and say, listen, I know what, you know, I, I know uh, what your broker is saying. But there, we are still doing studies. We're still trying to figure this out. If you would like, let's convert 10 acres. Let's see what this strand that we've had some, some luck with in research, you know, in a controlled environment. Potentially, yes, um, whenever we, we, we get the regulatory environment, whenever it's all, all, all satisfied and ready to go, how about we do 10 acres of cultivation on this and see what it does in the first 90, 120 days. And then we can expand from there. But it, Whenever you get caught up in a mania, you know, as, as, as everybody knows, uh, logic is, is a very difficult thing, right? So I have upset farmers every single day to walk out. Most come back and understand uh, kind of the, the dangerous game that they, they're playing and, and how they may have missed a bullet there, right? So uh, but that's, those are conversations we're having daily. It's, it's one of those things. And, and I'll, in the same story, I want to make these points across as well, that hemp industry was told by hemp farmers, consultants, and processors that they're seeing an oversupply of the crop. They might not make it out of the fields because many inexperienced farmers, A, didn't make harvest plans, B, found hemp to be more challenging to produce and harvest than expected, C, didn't have a contract to sell their crops. Mm -hmm. Lack of knowledge. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's education. It's education. You know, a lot of we have some very sophisticated farmers that walk in that what they want to do is they say, listen, I'm going to plant it. And, and I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'll just use some farming territory because I Go know it's going to be dangerous, right? I'd rather cry myself. But this is kind of just an example of a conversation that we have. They come in, 
I want to plant it two by two. I want to make sure I have a machine cutter. I'm going to get it dried in two weeks. I'm going to put it in this pole barn. I'm going to go. So this is what they have it all planned out, George. They have their entire uh, fortune already spent by the time they walk in. And we say, well, you know, this is kind of where hemp is now. Uh, you can't use a machine cutter because um, the CBD and the different cannabinoids that try to get out of the hemp flower, well, it, it, the plant's very sticky and it'll stick up your combine and your combine won't run the way it's supposed to. Also, if you plant it two by two, you're going to get about a quarter of production out of the plant. Um, and these numbers that these guys came up with, um, you know, these, these arbitrary men, right, these men that came up with these numbers, um, they were doing this based on a grow out west where the plants were uh, eight by eight. So they're every eight feet apart. They were being planted. And these plants that they're talking about are seven and eight feet tall. And they're getting about eight to nine pounds of, of pure dry flour from each plant. What you're talking about will not produce what you think it will. So that's, that's kind of a conversation that we're having on a regular basis. And I'm glad that conversation is being done. Somebody has to do it. And it, uh, like I said, I'm not trusting medical, <laughs> legal, or legislative. I just can't. <laughs> it's just not helping at all. Okay? Well, we're, looking at farms. we're looking at farms every day, George. We're looking, at, we're looking at farmers every day. We're having conversations with people that have either done it and failed or they're getting ready to do it. And it's, it's terrifying to see because yeah. they are just – a lot of these people, this is it, right? This is the last – this is the last, you know, gold rush. Essentially, yeah. is. I keep on going back to that because that's what it feels like. Now, I wasn't a 49er. I wasn't around back then, but it feels that way. It feels like this is the, this is the last of the gold rushes. Exactly right. Now, let's go ahead and move along to legislative. Another fun topic. Sure. The Marietta <laughs> Daily Journal recently reported that among state legislatures, one of the main concerns with the CBD businesses cropping up all over town is the thought that some business owners have begun to assume a pseudo-medical role, giving customers advice on what products to use for certain conditions. Lawmakers say should be left to medical practitioners who should also be a patient's first source of information about the potential benefits or dangers of CBD. Now, there's a lack of revelation from federal agencies like the FDA uh, approving, ensuring CBD product safety if it was to be FDA-approved. Now, the widespread use of CBD products has lawmakers talking about the future of cannabis in Georgia. Bigger subject. The state already has a limited marijuana grow program, though like the hemp farming program, a license issuing procedure has not been set up yet. State Senator Kay Kirkpatrick okay, doesn't necessarily like the idea of uh, legalized adult use, but she says, while she doesn't think a bill is pushing adult use is likely to appear in the legislative session beginning in January, it seems the state is heading toward that conversation. She said this, quote, I think that CBD oil and THC oil, medical marijuana, which have said has been pretty limited up until now, but now we're growing, going to be growing in Georgia. I don't think there's any mystery at all about where the, what we call big weed companies, where they're headed. They're not interested in growing, continuing the quote, they're not interested in growing marijuana for 9,000 people that have a medical marijuana card. Their next move is to try to get it legalized for recreational use, which I have a lot of concerns about from a public safety standpoint. What do you think about all these claims? That's, that's a really, really interesting question. So as, uh, as let's start from the claims. The, the medical claims, right? So from uh, a company that, that, is, uh, that is an extractor that has a real t retail product, um, 
we actually take a stance at Georgia Extract that we have a real problem with unfounded medical claims. Um, like you said, we have a lot of anecdotal uh, knowledge. I've got a lot of friends with migraines that are not having migraines any longer. I've got a lot of friends that have pains and arthritis um, that are not having that, that level of pain um, and those arthritic symptoms uh, as they had before. You know, I've got friends that we, we just, uh, we were lucky enough to private label for a company um, to, to provide them a product uh, after they uh, were able to utilize Epidiolex um, for their son who has seizures. And then when CBD was uh, more prolific uh, and available in the market, they've, they've actually reduced uh, his medications down to almost nothing and just giving him a, a fairly high dose of CBD uh, product per day. And it's really working for him. We have a friend with MS um, that looks just amazing and is walking around and it's just such a joy to be around. You know, she's 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 up and moving and and she's interacting again um, because uh, she says, you know, she's off off medications and she's utilizing uh, a full spectrum oil. Right. That's derived from from hemp. Um, so we see this anecdotal evidence. But, you know, deep down, we're founded by science guys. Right. So. We want to we want to make sure that, uh, that that we follow the letter of the law, and I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay with uh, with being saying you know this may or has shown uh, to make sure those qualifiers are in place because uh, the last thing I want is, is people being taken advantage of or or people to to, to come in and have a uh, a false hope, right? That that this is actually going to be you know the magic bullet for them or you know something that they uh, they won't, it, all of their ills will be cured. That's good. All right, let's go and continue with more with Nick Womack here, business, Director of Business Development at GX Tracks. Be back with more questions in just a moment. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Plant Profits, only on CannabisRadio.com. Elevate 
your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with Nick Womack, Director of Business Development at GA Extracts here on Blunt Business. And by the way, thank you again for the story you made tell. And one thing, it's unfortunate, this is a business show, so we don't get to talk about the stories of those that are being um, treated and finding a better way of life for themselves through CBD and through hemp, the rise CBD, which is, I mean, I know we could have a lot more stories, but the thing is, you know, I've heard those stories and I appreciate each and every one. I wish there were more people in more uh, importance of power that are able to hear these stories and have it, you know, get to them and be able to get to their, get it to their heads so that they can understand the people that are being helped by what's being done here. It's almost like, you know, going back to that, what's in a couple of months, the the new Mr. Rogers movie is coming out, right? Fred Rogers, you know, the, the children uh, host when he went to try to get funding for NPR because what he was doing for children, and how I was able to get right. one particular committee member to go ahead and get the funding for programming for the network so they can continue doing his show. Same kind of idea applies here. Just want to bring that point across here. Now, let me go ahead and move along here. Green Market Report. They recently wrote about how there are pressing matters that might give Congress absolutely no choice but to surrender to cannabis legalization in the interest of public health and safety. One issue was raised about how police are confused how to distinguish the difference between hemp and cannabis. Now, quote, uh, you might not think there's a reason to know the distinction between the two green leafy plants, but a new Georgia hemp law just made it a little more important in the state. Cannabis is still not legal, but law enforcement, as we mentioned before, cannot accurately tell the difference between the substances right now. But what really is the difference between hemp and cannabis? Nick, when can you tell us about this state of confusion for law enforcement and how it affects the Georgia hemp industry as a whole? Oh, okay. You know what? It, it, to any person, I can I can put a bud of industrial hemp and a bud of marijuana in front of you, and I dare you to know the difference. Now, there's there's a lot of folks in the industry that have a great idea, guys that have been cultivating this stuff for a decade. Um, that by touch and feel and smell, they can say, you know, this is probably what they call hot, right? So uh, THC level over 0.3%, or we like to say three-tenths of 1% because it sounds um, much more, you know, understandable, digestible. But um, when it comes to a police officer, there's just no way. I, I mean, it is just – we. We completely understand the confusion, and we receive questions all the time from law enforcement agency about what they can potentially do. Um, we are working in conjunction right now. Uh, GA Extracts uh, has a independent uh, testing facility uh, located uh, close to our, our extraction lab, so we're working to try to figure out ways or at least give them an outlet uh, where if they have a large quantity or something they're concerned about, I'd you know, at this point in time, it'd be very difficult for us to 
for us to hand them something they could use at a traffic stop, right? I'm not sure right now that we have that capability. I'm sure there's somebody out there working on it because it's a billion-dollar idea. But um, we do have a facility where they can test, um, you know, if they have, if they confiscate, you know, 10,000 uh, vape cartridges where they can send it and they can get results back that they can trust and say that, oh, okay, um, this is just, you know, this is industrial hemp. This is not, this is not marijuana. There's not um, a level of THC over three-tenths of 1% uh, in this actual product. Um, so it's, it's so, it's very, very difficult. They're not in a, in a very enviable position, George, I can tell you that. Um, and I think there might be, and you know, this is kind of the human element. There might be those folks that are willing to poke the bear a little bit, right? So they buy this industrial hemp product and, you know, brandish it about and just kind of dare, uh, law enforcement to, to make a move. Right. So you have that element as well. So it's just, it's a very, it, it's a very interesting uh, a situation. Um, it, it's so it, we're trying to make sure that they have an outlet, um, that they have all the education they could possibly have, you know, from uh, visibility from a, if they're just observing standpoint, right? Um, and then also give them access to the science, um, so they have an opportunity to to know that they can send it to a facility uh, that can test it to make sure that it is in fact industrial hemp um, and it it's not marijuana. Excellent. Well, again, I really do appreciate you making time to go and join me and talk about Georgia and the hemp industry and all the issues that are around this because a lot more education is being needs to be done. And obviously that's what all of you at GA Extracts is doing. So take a minute to talk to our listeners about where they can learn more website, what kind of education you do offer that people should learn more about. Uh, fill us in. Oh, yes, sir. Well, you can reach us at www dot g a x t r a c t s dot com um, on our website we have a whole education section we have articles that we've uh, written um, we've got studies that we've been a part of studies that uh, we believe um, have great validity um, places you can go to see which uh, cannabinoids um, have certain properties you know which terpenes which which plant terpenes uh, actually have those wonderful kind of healing properties. Um, also, uh, if you're ever in the Watkinsville, Georgia area, you know, that's our lab. And we're, we're very happy to, to bring folks through the tour to see exactly how it works, how we get um, what we call biomass. It's essentially our dried hemp bud. How do we get that? What do we do with it? Um, how do we make sure it's safe? How do we make sure that, that, that the THC levels are not over where they're supposed to be. Um, how do we grow? What, what kind of strains are actually working in the state of Georgia? What kind of research is being done? Um, so if you go to the website, all that information there. Um, and, and I'm telling you, Georgia, I hope you, you have the opportunity. If you're ever in, uh, if you're ever in Northeast Georgia, we'd love to have you, have you by the lab and you can come see how everything works. <laughs> would love to do that very sooner than later. Uh, well, there's any chance to go to Georgia would be nice on top, on top of everything else. Well, there really you go. <laughs> thank you so much for making time to join us. I really do appreciate it. Um, it was really great work. And thank you for making time. Again, Nick Womack, Director of Business Development for GA Extracts, X-T-R-A-C-T-S. Make sure to go ahead and check them out. 
And in the meantime, thank you all for listening to us here for another edition of Blunt Business. You can download past episodes by going to CannabisRadio.com or looking for the show through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening. expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.